Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum more. Punch it. Punch it! Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan, I am super, 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 super excited for today's topic because it was suggested to us by our sister Trek cast on the Nerd Party on SETI Alpha 3. The guys gave us a challenge, and we took them up on it. Why don't you tell them what we're doing? Well, today we're taking the uh, unenviable task of trying to rewrite These Are the Voyages. Now, this is something that a lot of Star Trek fans have either done in their head, on paper, <laughs> because we've had or to. <laughs> in tweets, or in uh, in podcasts. And so this, this is nothing new, but it's new for us. And yes. for those of you who don't remember or have blocked it, this is the series finale of Enterprise. That's right, episode 422, first aired uh, May 13th, 2005. And uh, some call it the second in the USS Pegasus arc, which is just ridiculous when you say that out loud. So here's the <laughs> description on Memory Alpha. In hopes of receiving some help before making a difficult personal decision, Commander William T. Riker of the Enterprise-D observes a holodeck simulation of the final mission of the original Starship Enterprise as commanded by Jonathan Archer, in the days immediately preceding the birth of the United Federation of Planets over two centuries earlier. So even in the frickin' Memory Alpha description, Archer and company is a footnote compared to the focus on, on Riker. And I'm a huge Riker fan. If there's anybody who doesn't have a problem with that, it should be you. Right. But that, I think, is one of the inherent problems with this episode in general, is it had a really good intent... I understand what they were trying to do with this being not just the series finale of Enterprise, but a wrap-up of 18 years of this kind of iteration of Star Trek, this generation of Star Trek that had been on the air for so long, and now we were saying goodbye to it. But the execution? We're going to have some things to talk about. <laughs> so... SETI Alpha 3 challenged us to rewrite this episode when they did their series on is it really that bad? They determined that yes, yes it is. And uh, I watched this episode last night. It was the second time I've ever watched this episode. I watched it, well, you know, when I did my Enterprise watch, oh gosh, it was probably a few years ago now. I watched it and I understood the fans' generalized anger about it. I was irate as well. And now I came back to it and... I'll just throw out my personal opinion. It did not get better. I still don't like it. Now, what do you think about this episode? If this was just a random episode in season four or wherever, and, you know, we saw Riker and Troy, even though they look radically different and older because yeah, that's how time works. But yeah, but we can forgive that part, right? Can we just put that out there right now? 
yes, we can forgive that part, but it's still it's still in the back of your brain because we're talking well, about yeah. what is this over ten years, like twelve it's, years? Yeah, it's been like eleven years since they were f- since the Pegasus came out on TNG. Okay, so there you go. And uh, anyway, regardless of that, if this was just like a random episode, it would have been really interesting, and it would have been if it wasn't a story about the birth of the Federation or Trip dying or the Enterprise being decommissioned, it would have been fine. Like if it was just some other adventure where Riker's looking to the holodeck to kind of work some stuff out, that would have been a very cool episode. It would have been, people would have thought it was innovative and cool and truly what Berman described it as, as a Valentine to the fans. But the fact is, is that it's not just a random episode. This is important. This was a series finale and not only a series finale to a very underrated show but this was the end of 18 years worth of constant star trek production right and uh, many people described it as a slap in the face to the fans not a valentine um to the (laughs) fans and also a slap in the face to the enterprise crew and and to the actors yeah yeah and i can completely see where that point of view is coming from i have to personally agree with that i really do i don't think that this series finale does enterprise the show or the crew the justice it deserves now yeah you mentioned that had this been just some random episode say during the fourth season sort of like how they had their mirror universe arc and they were trying different things hey yeah cool we would have maybe had the fanboy moments that are in this episode flipped our lids seeing Riker and Troy again like oh my god this is so cool but yeah the big complaint is is this is the series finale this is the end to an era of Star Trek and it just doesn't come through in its execution what it intended to do at all so I guess here's a question as a fan of Star Trek and as a fan of Enterprise I mean there's so much happening in this moment Enterprise was cut short yep canceled even Yeah, this is the first time that it's happened since the 60s. And it was the ending of Star Trek on TV, constant Star Trek on TV for 18 years. And it was, I'll just reiterate, it was the ending of a a show, an undervalued show. So there's so many things that they were trying to accomplish. They're just like, okay, well, we need to end Enterprise. Oh, but we got to end it sooner than we intended. So do we ignore that we wanted to get to the birth of the Federation and focus on a good ending to the show? Or do we focus that this is the ending of Star Trek on TV for a while? Or do we focus on this and focus on that? If you had to rewrite These Are the Voyages, would you take it from a perspective of this is the end of Star Trek TV or this is the end of Enterprise? Because they tried to do both and it didn't work. Right, exactly. I would have gone in the direction of the birth of the Federation. That's what this whole show was leading up to. And I still think that you could do Star Trek as a franchise a lot of justice by focusing on that very important moment. But giving this crew their last hurrah, give them their time to shine because they got robbed. So with that, would you fast forward years or would you fudge the birth of the Federation to this current time of when Enterprise was ending? You know, that's a good question. I kind of want to Titanic the whole thing where I would love to see, and this is not my original idea, I've, I've heard of many people suggest this, start out with an older Archer 
talking to a reporter he's being interviewed or maybe he's talking to cadets at the academy or something talking about that last mission or being there for the formation of the federation and have him say oh yeah i remember it was an incredible time blah 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 and then you flash back and we get invested into the story that way now what do you think about that idea i think that's a great idea uh, and similar to what i have thought of mm-hmm. but you didn't quite answer the question so, oh i'm sorry no 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 you did you came up with a great idea but here's the thing is that like okay so you're gonna go even further into the future with an old archer great uh-huh. love it that's what i thought of too uh actually side note i wanted to see archer at the launch of the 1701 Ooh. now see would that not do even more justice to star trek as a franchise in that kind of a moment right there Yes, it would. And we know that Archer died one day after the christening of 1701. So it's oh. quite possible he could have been there. You know, so I'm going to say he was. Maybe they're wheeling him out. He's watching the yeah. launch. Doesn't seem completely implausible. Yeah, there's a lot of reporters who would ask him questions like, this is the guy who is partly responsible for the birth of the Federation. And now here's the first ship to carry his ship's name. Tell us a story. And so he goes back and then we see the crew. Now... So we go even further. We go to 2245, which was the christening of the of 1701. And then we go back in time. Do we go to quote unquote present day season four of Enterprise? Or do we go six years in our future to the birth of the Federation? So it'd be 10 years of Enterprise time in their perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Now, that's something that we have to decide, I suppose, is how much of the original story do we want to keep? Do we want to go with their whole idea where it's 10 years from season four? And we've seen how the crew, I guess, has changed and they're just on the cusp of all scattering about going their own way. I mean, that that's that's kind of an interesting time. There's a lot we could do with that. What do you think? I'm kind of of the mind where I'm like, okay, if we want to keep it to canon, quote unquote, whatever, to the birth of the Federation and keep that on timeline so we don't have to fudge anything. So it's in 2161. I would have liked to have seen where it's it's at that time and maybe Enterprise is under a different captain and mm. you know, like the NX-01 is under a different captain. Jonathan Archer has moved on. Maybe he's become, Archer has become more of a diplomat. Like he is like after season four, he's kind of put most of his focus on actually physically developing the Federation, getting all these species together, trying to work it out. And the Enterprise, the NX-01 has been going on its own with its original crew. And so this is the story of Archer going back to Enterprise for that one last mission, that kind of deal. Hmm. So it's kind of evocative of the motion picture. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I could see that parallel. I have a possible modification. Let me know what you think of this. What if it's right before Archer is about to move on? Because I think maybe the fact that there's a new captain on the Enterprise might be a little too jarring and there might be a little too much competition, like two captains, like really, what's going on here? So what if it's right before he leaves and so everybody kind of wants to have their last moment, their last whatever with Archer before he goes? I think that's okay. So, okay, so it's not Archer going back to get that one last mission, it is is his last mission exactly yes i think that works i think that totally works i think because that way it would work with the christening of 1701 where he's just like well i won't tell you about the birth of the federation 
but I'll tell you about when I first decided to leave Enterprise in order to pursue the birth of the Federation, something like that. I mean, really, his whole career kept building up to what was the birth of the Federation. So this is a pivotal moment. It would be a good thing to focus on. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think about Shran's whole thing of, oh, hey, by the way, I'm alive and my daughter's missing. I think we need something bigger. I think we can do better. You know what I think we really need? And this is not an uncommon storytelling thing in sci-fi, but I think we need to see to really pound in just how important the birth of the Federation is. I think we need to see people from who, who might not have otherwise worked together, working together for a common cause. Now, have we seen, I know with the Zindi attack in season three in the battle, there was a lot of starships working together, but I am absolutely 100% blanking. Did we ever see Andorians and Starfleet and the Vulcans and Tellarites working together in one battle? Oh, my instinct says no, but it has been a little while since I've watched Enterprise. I'm thinking the same way, and and fans, if we're getting that wrong, please forgive us, but what if this was, like, they had to all work together? Like, this is something where representatives from all four species had ships, multiple ships, and there was one last armada battle. It was, this is beyond the handshake. This is beyond the diplomatic table. This is action that cements the relationship between the four species. Yes, 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 yes. This is precisely where... Before I ever watched this episode, this is kind of where I thought maybe this is how the series would end up. And then when it didn't, I was so incredibly disappointed because it seems like such a missed opportunity. Like, this is exactly what it should be. And then if you wanted to have that ending scene of Archer in 2161 with his dress uniform on, physically signing it and giving that speech, as soon as our episode is done, it fades, it flash forwards to 2161. We see that. And then it goes to uh, Jonathan Archer um, at the christening of the 1701. And then it ends with bookends like that. So Hmm. we see the actual physical signing, but we see the battle, the unification that made the charter possible. I think that's a very necessary component because then it shows just how far everybody's come from either downright hating each other or at least having certainly shaky tension in working with one another, to saying, yes, we are better off together than we are apart. And then that way, if they did for some reason get renewed for a season five or a movie or a TV movie movie or whatever, you're not disrupting anything. You're not changing anything. We already know that Archer survives, that he's helps with the charter, that he's there for the for 1701. We've already established all of that. Yeah. And so we don't ruin anything, we don't spoil anything, and we don't alter anything. And no one has to die in order to make it dramatic. <laughs> yes. Can we retcon one thing, please? Trip does not need to die. So friggin' pointless. I know that they <sighs> alter it in the, in the novels and they kind of retroactively take it back. Thank goodness. But... As it was happening in the episode, I was just like, this is so pointless. And they go for Trip because of his connection to the captain, because of his connection with DePaul, and yeah. because we like him. If Reed died, no one would care. If Mayweather died, no one would care. So they went yeah. with Trip because it was just supposed to be a gut punch. Yeah, and it was. And it was like it was coming from the bully instead of like a genuine fight of, oh my God, I can't believe it happened. But, you know, it needed to happen because otherwise... 
the ship would go down. No, it's just, let's kill him just because. Sort of like how they destroyed the Enterprise D in Generations, in my opinion. It was weak. It was weak. It was like a big Ah. explosive moment for the sake of having a big explosive moment. It's supposed to be dramatic, but the feeling is not there. Okay, that's another discussion for another time, because I think I could argue. (laughs) Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. That one. Uh, (laughs) But with this one, it was also, it was like, it was aliens we'd never seen before. They weren't associated with any alliance. It wasn't overall... There, yeah, we just did. We had no investment in these aliens, and so, and also, right before Trip died, they literally came out of nowhere, where they just kind of like popped into the hallway and was like, "Ha ha!" No oh. one expects the Spanish Inquisition, you know? Like it was so crazy. Where's their mustache so they can twirl it? And it was just like, how did they get on the ship? What was going on? And they half-ass explained it, and it's no just, good. It's no good. Oh, it was so no. pointless. So Trip needs to live. Also. My headcanon, Trip and T'Pol, are together. It's been complicated, but you know what? They're still there. I say they get together. I say they make it official. And then in, in this imaginary season five, if it moved forward, if we got that movie, boom, they're together. Make them an official couple committed. How difficult is that? Can we just, why can't we have that? Come on. Why, why do they <laughs> constantly have to do the on again, off again, then they're off for good and pretend like it never really happened? Just no, stop. So let's let's get back to the story. So we've we've kind of worked backwards. We have the framing yes. device, Archer in the future at 1701, going back to season four, and that's where we see all the races coming together, really solidifying the birth of the Federation, not just a handshake, but actual caring in action. So we see all four races together. What is the situation that gets them together? One idea I have is if we want to have Shran show up. What if he saves Archer's life? Because Archer, I mean, he gets to be the hero a lot. What if it's a little bit in reverse? Is that too disjointed? Does he have to be the hero? It feels a little disjointed. What if a Tellarite saves Shran's life? Ooh, okay. I think that's the kind of thing because like, for obvious reasons, Shran has a lot of issues with the Tellarites and we see them kind of bearing those feelings and bearing the hatch and everything like that towards the end of the show. Yeah. But this would really solidify it. But I don't think it needs to be Shran's in trouble. Shran has a kid. I don't think we need to do any of that garbage. No, that's fine. I don't even think it needs to be a Shran-focused episode. I think Shran can be there, obviously, and he should be there. Like he's one of a few main players. I'm not quite sure on the timeline of this, but what if this is the beginning of the Romulan War? Oh, they were heading in that direction. I mean, that's kind of what the next season was allegedly, at least possibly going to be. What if they're working together to stop the Romulans? That's what I'm thinking. It was like, that's their common enemy. It's kind of like in Deep Space Nine, when all of a sudden the Romulans showed up along with the Klingons at Deep Space Nine. They all decloaked and Cisco's like, holy crap, we're really in trouble if we need their help. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so the Earth-Romulan War, also known as the Romulan War, was a major interstellar conflict from 2156 to 2160. So a year after that, in 2161, was the birth of the Federation, the signing of the Charter. Okay. So if the Romulan War starts in 2156 and Terra Prime, which some people see as the real series finale of Enterprise... (laughs) I'm raising my hand right now. ...was in 2155... 
So that's only one year later. So we could absolutely oh, yeah. see the beginning of the Romulan War here because like, we could see a skirmish in 2155 and then it's not formally declared until 2156. Okay, so that is not a problem whatsoever. Let's do that. So that's how it is. And like, that's the thing. And so like, you could insert any kind of storyline that you'd want into it. It's just say like, this is the beginning of the Romulan War. Yeah. And this was the beginning. Uh, this was a brothers in arms type situation. This is what brought all four races together. A yeah. common enemy. Yes. Okay, this is great. So the idea I have is the Romulans being Romulans. They are probably messing with Andorians, humans, Tellarites, anybody who stands to possibly unite against them and trying to make them distrust one another. So yeah. maybe we've got a little bit of a mystery going on where maybe it looks like Shran did something, but Shran didn't do something. We kind of dealt with that pretty hard in season four. With, ah, you're right. Um, with that whole, that shape-shifting ship. Yeah. Uh, why'd they have to do that? <laughs> Okay, but I mean Romulans. I mean that that's that's kind of their thing is deception and mistrust. What else could we do with that? I think we could still find something that's devious, though. I think it could be, let's see. Instead of like seeding distrust among the four, what is something that causes them all to like? What's the strength of the four of them to get together? Obviously, it's numbers. But how would as the Romulan Star Empire, how would you combat those numbers? Would you annex certain worlds in order to get more resources to build up the Romulan Star Empire? Would you fortify your borders? Would you encroach on other people's borders? Like, what would be enough of a threat for the four of them to get together? I wonder if the Romulans kind of foresee these races getting together. Maybe they see the birth of the Federation on the horizon and feel threatened by that and feel like they'd better divide and conquer before the Federation even gets a chance to do it so that they remain you know, bigger and better. What about this? We have four Romulans, and all of them were physically, genetically, or makeup, whatever, altered to look like a Tellarite, look like a human, look like an Endorian, look like a Vulcan. And they infiltrated the planets, and, so, and they are there to trying to assassinate world leaders of each respective race. Are they staging a coup? I don't know. I think they're just trying to stage discord. Okay. And because these people are genetically altered or physically altered, it would feed into the known fact that we don't see what Romulans actually look like until the days of Kirk. Ooh, I like it. Got to stay in canon. Yeah. And so that stays in canon. It fudges it a little bit. Sure. But... But Enterprise did that fairly often. Enterprise did that fairly often, so it stays in canon. And with that, like with the assassination of certain leaders, maybe it was all at one time or relatively close to one another, coordinated attacks. And so there's just disarray. Maybe people are saying, we got to pull out of this handshake agreement. And we're like, no, 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 no. Like, this is the Romulans. Somehow Archer and company find out it's the Romulans. And they're building up their forces. They're going to be planning an attack on us. And they're waiting for us to just kind of dissolve so that they can pick us off one by one. What if there's an imposter on Enterprise? Maybe. Maybe. It's, this, it's that imposter that I'm talking about who committed the assassination. 
on Earth, and he's trying, he or she is trying to use Enterprise as a getaway vehicle. Ooh, interesting idea. So it's not a longtime crew member. It's someone that is on the ship, and it's a little Harry Potter-esque where it's just like, oh, it's the new guy. Uh, You know, like, he's the one. (laughs) Right, right. We don't know enough about him to really have a whole lot of suspicion, aside from the fact that it's the new guy. Mm -hmm. It works, though. And it would work for this kind of this last story because we don't necessarily have time to build a beloved character like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Even though they were playing with arcs at this point, let's just not. Yeah, I say like maybe there's two successes of assassination, maybe on Earth and on the Tellarite's homeworld and maybe even Endoria. So let's make that three. But they didn't do it on Vulcan. They attempted it on Vulcan, but we see them... That's how the story goes. It's just like we see all the assassinations take place and then we're on Vulcan and we get to see some of the same people that we saw in Awakening and Kirshara and everything like that. Uh And the assassination doesn't work. It's a failed attempt on Vulcan. And when the Romulan gets caught, maybe he swallows something, he or she swallows something and that body completely vaporizes and dissolves. They can't reconstitute who it was or what it was. And it's not until later they find out it's Romulans. Anyway, I'm just basically, it's a, it's a long time I'm talking where I'm just kind of say that the assassinations happen on Andoria, Earth, and the Tellarite homeworld, but they don't on Vulcan. And that's how they know this was a coordinated attack with devious intent. Okay. One question, though, is say the Romulan takes, I don't know, an exploding cyanide pill or something, and that no. therefore the body is destroyed. How do they eventually trace it back to it being... Romulan. How do they figure that out? Well, I guess there's like maybe some sort of residue. Like maybe there's ashes or something? Yeah, something like that where they're just like, it's alien. We don't know who it is, but it clearly wasn't a Vulcan. But then the Vulcans are so close in ancestry with Romulans. Ooh, what if there's suspicion that it was a Vulcan, but it genetically, it's like a genetically modified Vulcan? Like, wait a minute. Are these these Romulans we've been talking or we've been hearing about or something like that? Yeah, or maybe that, like, maybe that's the Vulcans figure that out, but keep it silent. Ooh. And so, and so that's kind of, that kind of adds a layer of distrust. Yes. Where maybe Archer finds out that the Vulcans know more than they're letting on because all the Vulcans tell them is it wasn't a Vulcan. That's all we can tell you. Well, like, give us a sample. We can't give you a sample because they're trying to keep it secret that the Vulcans and Romulans are so close in ancestry. Right. Because Spock was kind of forced to bring it out in the Kirk days, like in the original series days, if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's when, and so Archer finds this out and he said, he's like, he's like, okay, we'll figure out a way to tell everybody without them knowing you're a close answer. It's because like the Vulcans are like, listen, if the Andorians and the Tellarites find out the Vulcans and Romulans came from the same place, they might distrust us even more in this, this treaty is over before it began. Right. So then... Archer says, your secret's safe with us for now Mm -hmm. so that we can move forward. So it's getting complicated. A little bit, but but it's turning into a good story. Now, I think T'Pol is the big Mm. cornerstone in all of this where maybe she gets it out of the Vulcans because she herself is a Vulcan. I don't necessarily see Archer having the capability of getting it out of them since things have just been so wishy-washy with him and the Vulcans anyway. So I think it's got to be T'Pol. She's kind of that bridge showing again a little bit of growth she started off the show in complete distrust of archer and now she's working for him she's got his back yes 
Yeah, I think that would work a great deal because this kind of shows her loyalty and but she's also still Vulcan and so she's try she tries to walk that line like do I keep the secret? Yeah. Do I let Archer know and tell him don't tell anyone? You know like she's got know, to appeal to her fellow Vulcans to make things move. Right. Right. But she does it. Well, one thing that I did like, one of the few things that I actually do like in these are the voyages is the fact that everybody kind of gets a little bit of a, a moment with Chef, a.k.a. Riker. Should we decide, should everybody have a little bit of a moment? Do we want to go through maybe what those things might be? How might they contribute to this story and get their time to shine? Well, I think if we were writing this out, I, f- I feel like w- those things could just kind of come about naturally. I think that's something that everybody gets their moment, you know, just like everybody did in just like in All Good Things and Endgame. And, yeah, everybody needs to. And everybody gets their moment, but it doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't have to be so structured and obvious that everyone gets their <laughs> moment through the lens of Riker. I think it okay. really just... It's, well, I just, yeah, I see them doing their jobs, doing their part to make things happen on Enterprise, to move the story. Yeah, that's what I see too. So Hoshi's going to do a language thing. Travis is going to navigate the ship. <laughs> Flox is going to do a medicine thing. No, no, no. I, I Honestly, like, really, we're just kind of filling in little gaps here and there. But, like, this we is are. the base of the story. This is it. Like, this, just as a recap, we have old Archer at the launch of 1701 as a framing device. He goes back in time to season four after Terra Prime and it's the the rumblings of the Romulan War where there's a massive massive assassination plot and it does the opposite of what the Romulans expected it to do. They thought it was going to break everybody apart and that people were going to go into disarray but it actually brought all four races closer together. They became a brothers in arms with a common enemy and there's a little bit of a side plot with the Vulcans realizing that it's the Romulans but not wanting to tell the Starfleet and company on how they know that it's the Romulans and why they're so closely related to the Vulcans. And so they figure out a way. And so to Paul figures out a way to let Archer know that it's the Romulans without betraying her people and their secret. And so the coordinated attack from the Romulans gets met with an armada from all four races. They defeat the Romulans in this battle, but they recognize that this was the beginning of a war. Yeah. And yep. then, they all shake hands, they all have dinner, whatever, they all hug it out. And then we flash forward a little bit to 2161, Archer signs the charter, we get some voiceover, and then boom, we're back to 1701. And maybe, maybe we see T'Pol standing right next to him when the camera winds out a little bit and then Aww, end credits. That would be adorable. That gives me flashbacks to Twilight. Yes, yes, exactly. It would be like Twilight. I dig it. I think that serves a lot of the points on Enterprise, the missed opportunities that they had on that show that we were just dying for, like the birth of the Federation, like the Romulan War, it hits on those points. We can't mm-hmm. go into extreme detail, but we're going to get there. And then that leaves room, that leaves potential for things in the future, more novels. Uh, if they did get renewed for a season five, we know where they're going. Good stuff. It all works out. Yeah. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> it really was. Now, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Of we've course. Had, we've had a, a lot of years to think about it. Yes, yes. And I mean, of course, it's cool to see Riker and Troy in These Are the Voyages. I get why they were trying to do that with the fan service and everything. But it just, it didn't work out. The whole thing, like with the Pegasus story, looking for inspiration, I still don't know what Riker was really looking for 
talking with Archer and company in that situation. So I just really don't think that uh, their intentions came through at all, which is sad. And also, when did Riker have all this time to play in the holodeck while the Pegasus was going on? (laughs) That too. Yeah, he suddenly has a lot of free time, and he and Troy are talking often, a lot. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's good. I think that's our story. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully you guys like it. If you have any comments, questions, additions. Yes, addendums. Or anything like that, even criticisms, let us know by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop-down menu, fill out the form. It'll send us an email. You can also find us on social, everywhere on social. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find those handles by going to thenerdparty.com. You can find me personally on Twitter at the Insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh the Profanity. Now we have no idea what we're gonna do next week, but we know at least we're gonna punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.